welcome to My Tiny Bottles, the project where I'm exploring my grandmother's legacy of miniature liquor bottles one tiny bottle at a time. I'm your host, Tammy Coxon, and I am here with not one but two awesome friends of mine who also happen to be the owners of Bloom Mead Works in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I've invited you here to taste mead, but before we get to that, why don't you introduce yourselves? Matt? I am Matt Ritchie. Um, I do all the production here at Bloom Mead Works. Uh, my background is in craft beer, but because of some gluten issues, I stepped back from our Willis Head Brewer to Brewery, and we moved back to Michigan, and we opened Blue Meadworks. Yeah, it's really hard to get told you're allergic to your job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was a tough day. But the brewery's uh, loss was our gain, for sure. And Lauren? I'm Lauren Bloom. I'm the other owner of Bloom Meadworks. I didn't have a background in craft beer, um, but I had a background in local food sourcing, and we kind of paired those together. So Matt, with this interest in brewing, couldn't have gluten, Trying to source local Michigan ingredients, we ended up on mead and cider. And you do it very, very well and have created an amazing community space, which I also love. So that is where we are. And as I said, I brought you here, or I came here, <laughs> brought us all together today uh, to taste some mead. So this is not the kind of mead that you make. So you make these dry carbonated session meads, you call them, right? Mm -hmm. um, this is not that. This is like a <laughs> classic... Polish mead. So the label says Polish honey drink. It says miod pitni troniak. So troniak means three parts. So that means two parts honey, one part water in the fermentation. And then it also says down here it's got some fruit juice and some uh, natural flavors. Um, Mystery. How I, I don't have, I love your meads, but I don't really have a lot of experience with the sweet stuff. Every time I've had it, I've just been like, Oh, this is sweet. Um, how much do either of you know or appreciate sweet meads? So ironically enough, compared to what we make, I actually have a big sweet tooth. <laughs> so I, I do love and I've always enjoyed traditional meads. Um, that's really where my interest in mead came from before we even looked at doing the session style of mead. Cool. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to trying this. I can only drink a little bit of sweet meads usually. Just you know, That's part of the reason we went for the session style. But <laughs> Fortunately, it's a tiny bottle. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although a big tiny bottle, about twice as big as the usual ones. How about you, Lauren? How, how do you feel about the sweet style? I'm usually, I don't have as much of a sweet tooth as Matt does. But I have tried a fair share just because we're often in environments where people are sharing needs. Right. Um, and I'm kind of the same way. I like it maybe as almost kind of like a dessert wine, yes. just like a little sip or two, but it's really kind of saturates my palate. So I wouldn't want to sit down and have a big glass of it, but a sip, I'm, I'm here. So as a little treat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we should just dive right into the tasting, I think, Let's or as quickly as we can. Yeah, how do you um, open a bottle like that? Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, opening the bottles has turned out to be the most uh, exciting <laughs> and unexpected part. You have helpfully provided scissors. So I'm going to start there by cutting off this little, oh, wait, it just came undone. I didn't even have to cut it. Oh, the wax broke. Yeah. yeah, the wax Great. the wax broke. Okay. What's good, good. Winding pattern. All right. Let's see. Let's see. This is a good show anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> How many licks to get to the inside of the twist? How many twists to get to the mead? <laughs> wow, they really made you work it's for nice this. Bill's anticipation. <laughs> so now it kind of looks like a cork. It does. Are you we pull? just supposed pull? to pull? How about a corkscrew? How about a corkscrew? <laughs> is it going to be small enough? Oh, well, we, okay. drilled, we drilled a hole in it. We drilled, we drilled a hole. We have chunks. I see liquid, uh, so we have made it. All right, well, it doesn't immediately 
smell like something that's gone bad. I mean, I, like anything that calls itself wine, sure. you know, I worry a little bit yep. about. Uh, it's definitely got some chunky bits in it. That could uh, be cork. It could be cork, <laughs> but I think there's also definitely some sediment happening uh, in here, which doesn't at all surprise me. Oh, Lauren, yours is a little short. You got all the cork. You've definitely got the floaties still, there. I got I'm my still, fiber in yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it a whiff. Oh, doesn't smell bad. It smells, smells good. Smells, it actually. smells a lot like mead, yeah. <laughs> That's good. I, a sherry-ish smell. It does. I, I would totally agree with that. Sherry or port? Yeah. Um, yeah, port for sure. That kind of fruitiness. Mm. I found a review site where they talk about meads and they've tasted a bunch of different things. They had tasted some old bottles that I think are around the same age as this one, 1980s. And they described it as black currant dominated, incredibly mild balsamic honey, and just honey. Uh, oh, I can't remember it now. Like just honey madness. That's what madness. it was. Just honey madness. Really like raisiny, Raisins. dried fruit kind of smell. Smells nice. Smell nice. Yeah, that's, I, I like that smell. Nice color, a little caramely. Yes. Well, black currant would do that if that's one of the fruit yeah. juices involved. It's not really producing any legs. There's a few tiny ones coming in the background, but. Or maybe they're so long they're just staying up there. Yeah. <laughs> right? All right, I'm going in. It's not the, it's not I've unobjectionable. Been, no, it's definitely not. I mean, it, I've definitely tasted a lot better meads, but it's <laughs> not terribly bad. Have you tasted better meads that are 40 years <laughs> old? No, I can't see that. Ever stored <laughs> in an unheated oven. I've tasted a lot of meads that were far worse yeah. than this. So I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is it's not nearly as sweet as I thought it might be. Yeah, it finishes the late palate gets sweet, but I agree. Like the, I was expecting a lot more sweetness early on, and maybe that's the the two parts to honey as opposed to three parts to honey you were talking about. Yeah, um, it really so has like, like a, three, a fortified wine flavor. Yeah, mm -hmm. three parts to honey is going to finish a lot sweeter, right. assuming the same yeast. Yeah, um, but yeah, definitely caramely. The comes through with a little bit of late berry. Any uh, specific berries anyone's finding here? Can't really pick out a specific fruit. I almost get more of like an oaky, like a like a wood aging, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which just might be like a little oxidation or something. Maybe, but not in a unpleasant way. Yeah, I definitely get oxidation, but I'm not yeah. like kind of like sherry, right? Like we're talking about that yeah, oxidized I, thing. Like it's not to me. It's not a bad thing. It's kind of tasty. I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I my don't expect to. I'll tell you, <laughs> but I can't pick out a particular fruit. Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to say, "Oh, this is a." I get like a tiny bit of cranberry, the way it's almost bitter, but that could just be oxidation that's causing the bitterness, not the like. Sure. Yeah, but I don't mind that bitterness. You know, you you know that I like the bitter amaros and things <laughs> like that. So I actually really appreciate when it's got a little bit of a back to it to balance the sweetness. Are we assuming like a 15 to 18 percent? You know, there's nothing. I, I would guess closer to like 12 if it's two to one. Oh, wait, here it is. Uh, alcohol by volume, 14 percent. So, you know, right in the middle <laughs> of your two estimates. Interesting. Hmm. I have to uh, learn not to jump to conclusions because my first reaction was, ah, ah, ah. but then I had a second sip and I like it better on the second sip. And that's almost always been my experience mm -hmm. tasting these old bottles is, you know, they don't like being cooped up inside little sure. tiny bottles either. And They've so been once, that way for a long time. once they get out and spread their legs a little bit, they can open up some. That's a lot up. more enjoyable than I expected. Yeah, it held up way better than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it's got, it, it still has a tiny bit of like a cough syrup thing in the late. Palette, but it's it's light. I mean, I've tasted fresh meads that were 
five times that. I was going to say, like, it probably had cough syrup when it started. Yeah. Right? Like, (laughs) that may have mellowed over the years. Interesting thing. I think they, no, I don't think they still make this specific one. So this is Vavel spelled Wawel. And I don't think that's made anymore. So I don't think we'd be able to taste it against a modern example. But, but, you know, how much will this have changed? Anybody have any experience with old, old sweet meads? No, I mean, I've had, I've had like eight-year-old like straight meads though, never with fruit in them. Uh, that's about as far back as I've had tasted. Yeah. So. And sweet things tend to store longer, right? Like they're not going to go, um, go off as easy. Yeah. Like I guess what I'm thinking about wine, you know, sweet vermouth lasts longer than mm-hmm. dry vermouth. So that sugar kind of can have a preservative effect. Just counterintuitive, right? Because you think of it as food for... Well, that's what what I was just going to say. It has a preservative effect as long as um, nothing gets in there to eat it. Yeah. As opposed to going off, like off flavors that you would get from fermentation, do those tend to exacerbate over time or kind of mellow over time? I would say more mellow over time. Okay. Like that's part of like... The aging, why you have to age big meats. It's just because like the, there's so much yeast activity that you're getting. Oh, you other, get- you're getting other esters and things like that, mm-hmm. even if you don't want them. There's just so much fermentation happening. You got to wait it out. Um, right. so do the- you want to talk for a second about like adding nutrient during fermentation for mead? Because I, I often taste meads. Um, we, we get to taste a lot of homebrewed meads too, which is really cool. And as people are learning, you're learning to identify some of those kind of off flavors as people are learning about fermentation. So yeah, a lot of what happens in fermentation is going to be dependent on your nutrient level. So like if you think about like the the southern French ciders, you know, the, mm-hmm. keep, the keeping process, they're cutting out the nutrient and that's arresting the fermentation. Something similar can happen with mead because uh, there is like almost no nutrient for the yeast present in there. There's tons of sugar, but like there's almost no nutrients. So you, have, you need to add external... And nutri- nutrients like vitamins, minerals, like the yeah, same yeah. sorts yep, of things yep. anybody needs besides just sugar to yeah, survive. Yeah. The okay. analogy we like to give is like as if it's like if we try to survive on Twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Like we might be alive, but like we wouldn't be happy. You're not going to thrive. You're not going to thrive. Okay. So um, mead fermentation, same thing. You, you have to have those, add those external nutrients in. In old school meads, a lot of times it was like with fruits and things like that. That's what I was wondering. Like, you'll see old recipes that call for like adding raisins to it. Same idea. And raisins have like yeast and stuff on them too, yeah. right? That's so, a, yeah, there's a, yeah. other pieces to the raisins, but yeah, right. they're, they're also bringing in the nutrients some of the nutrients you need to try and get a healthy fermentation out of it so you don't end up with just like a cough syrup bomb or like a, a weird ester profile or whatnot on it. Because it really doesn't have any of that to it. Oh, it's really quite smooth and drinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Please. Yeah, this is this is definitely <laughs> up there. I haven't had a lot of the sweet ones that tasted good. So yeah. this is actually a really pleasant yeah. surprise. Surprise. Well, that's what I would maybe still enjoy a palate cleanser. So as I said earlier, you make some dry sparkling session beads. Yeah. Got anything you think would be an interesting chaser to this? Yeah, our Christmas is cranberry and ginger, so I got the cranberry side on this. Um, yeah. If we don't want the ginger to interfere, we also have a black currant mead that could pair quite well in the. I'm gonna let you side. decide. You are the mead maker. Uh, let's go black currant. All right, black Bye. currant. Those will both be kind of, I think, good pairings because they're a little bit on the sweeter end of what we do. They're kind of right. in the middle of the spectrum from dry to sweet. Not necessarily the commercial spectrum, but what we call dry to sweet. So right. they're a little bit on the sweeter end for us and. Having something that's totally dry against this yeah, it's be a little be bit too that hard. Would, that would be a lot. Um, so those are both kind of kind of medium. So when you say session mead, sort of what's what's that definition as you guys yeah. use it or as other places use it? So we kind of borrowed that session mead from the beer industry. When you think about a session IPA, mm-hmm. it's usually a little bit less intense hop profile and often a lower ABV. So you can sit and drink, you know, maybe across a couple hours, you can sit right. and have three or four. 
versus a real hop bomb that's, you know, 8% where you're only going to have one or two. You know, our meads are 5 to 7% alcohol, but they're drier, they're carbonated. So compared to a traditional mead, you can sit and have two or three pints of it. And it's not going to like totally saturate your palate. I mean, we pour it in 12 ounce pours. It's a, it's meant to be consumed in larger volume than a traditional mead. Right. Yeah. This is a 12 yeah. ounce pour. It would be no, a lot. No, no, no. This, this would be <laughs> this is fine. Well, cheers, cheers. with cheers. Uh, your mead. Yeah. Totally different flavor profile, but what's the role of honey? Like, did anybody taste honey? Matt, you would like have, I think the most attuned palate for honey. This, I taste the honey. And maybe that's just because I've tasted a lot of your meads. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the honey part. Mm-hmm. I didn't think honey, I'll be honest yeah. with you. So this, like, right, the I, fruit, the fruit, the fruit is what I was, I was picking up, which you get a lot of in like a lot of your big meats today. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're, the joke is that they're fruit bombs. Like yeah. they're not, like you rarely see like a big mead that's just a straight a sack mead or whatever they want to call it, you know, like a straight honey mead. Which is interesting, right? That you would taste the honey actually a little bit less in something that's sweeter. Yeah. Our brain really associates honey with sweetness. Yes. If you think about eating honey and you take away the sweetness, it's really hard for our brains to conceive of what's left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that the sweeter one tastes less honey as we think of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, that was <laughs> really fun. This is great. Um, any last closing remarks on our Vavel? Uh, I'm impressed, Vavel. Yeah. Nice work. I really did not expect you to hold up, so. It's great. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. our sludge. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you want to find out more about me and the Tiny Bottles Project, you can do that at My Tiny Bottles on social media or at MyTinyBottles.com. If you want to find out more about these guys, where can people find you? We have a website. It's DrinkBloom.com. It's Bloom with one O. And it's also DrinkBloom on all the social media. Easy to find. Yep. Cheers. This is great. Thanks for having us. This episode was produced by Lester Graham. The theme song is Snooter by Josh Woodward.